What about music? What about it? Anything new? Um, not that I know of, no. Yeah? No. I've been jumping on the synth the past few days. Yeah, it's liberating, dude. Seriously. And then Mr. Man, I put him up there and he stands on the chair. And he just goes, he goes out on that synth, man. I'm telling you, music can cure a lot of things, dude. I said to myself, I gotta make more music more often. Oh, right on, man. It's pretty healthy, huh? Yeah, especially since the synth started making m sounds I've never interpreted before. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And, like, where did this come from? So, gotta, gotta make some more synthesizer music. In the vein of Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Give Elon Musk something to listen to on his way up there. You know? When he goes vertical? Yeah. make more music it just seems like there's once I get behind that machine there's infinite possibilities yeah that's great man dig And you know what I've been having fun with too? What like, that? and this was an accident actually. I was recording the birds in the back, you know? And yeah. then I had some Pac Man going, and then I put it through some reverb, and the, re and the birds chirping alone is like really cool. If, and, and the way the microphone was set up out there, the way it captured the birds, you know, like chirping, and then they, you know, there was a little silence, and then they chirp a little bit more. And then mm -hmm. I funneled that into a reverb, that whole thing. And it's just like so cool. It like, it's hard to explain. It just really brings the birds chirping to a new level. You know, because you're adding that reverb to that natural environment. Um, you know, so I've been trying to experiment with sound too, you know. 
Worst we yeah, ge I've downloaded a, a noise generator that I've been working on. And then I've been um, changing the hertz on a lot of songs. You know, shifting it. So, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it should be only in 432 hertz. And then I see what it sounds like if I shift it down to 416 hertz, for example. You know? Stop radio activity. You know? Do you know the paradox of Schrodinger's cat? Yes. It came up today. What is your def definition? What happens? The cat... It... Okay, so I don't specifically know about Schrodinger's cat. However, I do understand the point. Basically... I think one of the tenets is that the observer that that one doesn't get to observe the cat. The observation affects the results or some sort like that. Oh, because they put the they put the cat in a room with a radioactive isotope. Right. Oh, is that is that how it is? Yeah, and then they burst a a bulb of um, hydrochloric acid or something, and then it creates a, a combustion, and it kills the cat. Right. Oh, okay. It's funny, Schrodinger's cat thing is like super old. Is that like, it's like a long ways away. Like all this stuff, like the whole quantum universe bullshit. Like this is, it's like early 20th century. But they're still talking about Schrodinger's cat, huh? Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of like a farm, Yeah, I just thought I'd ask you what you thought about this paradox. I'm going to look it up, and then I will tell you something. So there's a thought experiment described as a paradox design. Uh... Schrodinger's cat flask of poison and a radioactive source are placed in a sealed box. If an internal monitor detects radioactivity, the flask is shattered, releasing the poison which kills the cat. Uh, the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics implies that after a while, the cat is simultaneously alive and dead, yet when one looks in the box, one sees the cat either alive or dead, but not both alive and dead.
probably not unlike Zeno's paradox, too. I don't know how somebody decided they proved that one false, but I think, like, all these things get to a point, and then everyone throws up their hands. I mean, that's what kind of, like, uh, I think Feynman was saying. When I, I think I told you about this, when he talks about, like, he likes people that, like, have gone to the end of their field, because he goes, he says something about, they understand that, like, basically it's, like, I don't, there's a lot of things that are unknown. Yes. And then, like, what is thought to be known is, might not be true either. Thousands of people out there, and they open the gates, and everyone can come in. All for free? Grateful Dead? Grateful Dead. It was awesome. So the the town, Oxford, Maine, it was a speedway. It was an old speedway. They had a Monsters of Rock concert the week before. Jeez. The stage I set up for, too, but I didn't attend the concert. Oh, okay. So I went home, came back to set up the Grateful Dead, and, of course, that's my deal, so I stayed there. So the town, you know, the weeks after that, they had this kind of sit down to say, what is going to be the normal experience? Uh, Monsters of Rock, they had like 400 arrests, you know, just yeah. litter everywhere. Grateful Dead, twice as many people, zero arrests, huh. zero, zero. Everybody was kind and easy, you know? <laughs> they were like, what's going to be the normal rock thing? And did, like, did the Grateful Dead do their kind of psychedelic trippy thing in the middle with their music? Oh yeah, they always did, yeah. And I mean, after the 70s, and kind of mid-70s, they started setting up that deal with the What year was this, set. by the way? Huh? What year was this? It was uh, 1988. 1988? Yeah. Those did, were my did, years, the 80s. Is it years. true that they used to let people plug into their soundboard? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, the whole thing about letting the music, once they played it, they were done with it. I mean, the venues, you know, didn't allow taping. So there was like sneaking it in for years and years and years, but then they finally, in the early 80s, they, they, set, they set up a taper section. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, really? so then the concerts, you know, would have all these people, the tapers would come in early and set up all their equipment and all that, right behind the How exciting. So, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a good deal. I mean, they were, they were they, they, there's nothing like them. I'll never be entertained like that again. Wow. That's okay, you know? Right? That's great. <laughs>
man behind the machine. This is your old pal, Jack Nicholson. I would just like to personally thank you for giving me a brain adjustment with all of your special technology. <laughs> thank you for hooking me up to the right doozly doobles and jobbly jobbles, if you know what I mean. Uh, although I did have to uh, strap my brain skull into that contraption, I gotta say, I had uh, one of the greatest times of my life being hooked up to the interwebs, so thank you very much for uh, introducing me to the worldwide, uh, let's just say, worldwide zeros and ones, uh, let's just leave it at that. Uh, it was a, it was an experience like none other, and uh, thank you very much for all of your technological wizardry and uh, your highly extensive knowledge about this simulated reality. Take care, buddy.